everybody. This is Tyler. This is Danny. And this is the Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies. This week will be Hoxon. Hexen? Hoxon? It's Swedish, right? So what would that... With the umlauts above an A. I would think an ah sound. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go... Hoxon works. Hexen. Well, because see, I, it's just that I'm looking at here. It says Danish is Hexen. Yeah. English is just the witches, though. So, the witches? The witches? The witch? <laughs> That's fair. The witch, not the vivich? Yeah. I'm okay with that either way. Anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about later on in this episode. But before we get there, we're going to have to get a little bit stoned because this is the Fried Swarms where we get stoned and talk about horror movies. So, it's time for our green hits. Danny, what is this Jay that you brought for me today? Well, Tyler, I had couple of joints left over from last week so i brought over the old faithful for the show but i brought over some montana silver tip so once again with that being said this is a strain that is created with the cross of granddaddy purple and super silver haze right so with that being said this is a hybrid over at flower the total cannabinoids come in at about 26.2 percent the total terpenes are about 1.76 percent with Laminine, pinene, and myrcene are the ones that top out this one. So with that being said, you're going to get some notes of citrus, a little bit of pine, some grapes, some sweet flavors, things like that. This is known to treat depression, some pain, some stress. Your effects are going to be standard as far as being happy, relaxed, creative, all that fun stuff. So we've talked about this one I don't know how many times and arguably your favorite strain, Tyler. That's right. Uh, Hell yeah. Also went to flower. Also actually kind of leftovers from uh, a couple weeks back. Got some apple fritter. This is a cross between sour apple and animal cookies. It is a pretty much down the line hybrid. This is coming in at 26.04% total cannabinoids, 1.42% terps with the, well, I know normally we say top three, but caryophyllene and limonene are so far ahead of the others that it might as yeah. might as well not mention them and yeah that's kind of what i got for that it's nice. pretty good there's really not too much information here flavor and aroma that comes off as sweet and earthy with a light cheesy apple pastry influence <laughs> you getting that not quite but you know i like it it's nice nice right up <laughs> and we'd like to remind everybody about the Patreon, patreon.com slash fried squirms. Lowest level you could have listened to this last week. Highest level you get access to the Discord. Middle levels, kind of the sweet spot. You get this a week early. Plus, you get the Patreon-only episodes where we've been taking a look back through our catalog of movies we haven't seen in six years at this point and seeing what we think of them now. And we're coming up on Tucker and Dale versus yeah, Evil. What a fun film. What a super fucking fun film. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to talking about it again. Wondering what we're going to say this time around. Yeah, likewise. So remember, that is patreon.com slash fried squirms. And with that, I think we'll take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to find out the guts and bolts of who and what went into this movie. Guts and bolts. All right. Guts and bolts, who and what went into the making of this movie, spoiler-free, which this is might be the easiest one to do a spoiler-free of that we have done to date, because 
it's not really a movie movie. No. It's kind of a documentary. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. It's a silent horror essay film. It is a series of thoughts on witches and where they came from and why they persisted and how all of that sort of came about with some modern at the time parallels as this is a 1922 silent horror essay. Hard to argue with that, right? Mm -hmm. So from week to week, of course, we do like to talk about our cast and crew. And this week we're going to talk about director and writer. And that gentleman is Benjamin Christensen and a few films outside of Hoxton that he's known for are such films as Blind Justice, The Devil's Curse, and Seven Footprints to Satan. Now we have cinematographer Johan Ankerstiern, and a few things of note from him. He was known for the film Atlantis, Blind Justice, and the film Pan. Right, we have editor Edla Hansen, a few things of note from her. She was known for the film Dita, Child of Man, Take What You Want, and the film Suzanne. All right, production companies on this were Alyosha Production Company and Svenskvel Industry. Distributor was Film Industry AB Skandias Filmbri, and they helped with the 1922 Swedish theatrical release. Had an estimated budget of about 2 million Swedish krona, which I don't know what that translates to today's money. I tried looking, I don't know. All right, release date on this was September 18th, 1922 in Sweden. All right, moving into our cast. We have a lot of people, but... I'm just going to go by what Wiki listed as their most notable actors and actresses in this. So leading off, once again, I want to lead off with Benjamin Christensen. He plays the role of the devil in this film. And a few acting credits that he is known for are Sealed Orders, Blind Justice in the film Michael. All right, we have Clara Pontepiden. She's known as Sister Cecilia and the nun in this film. All right, a few things of note from her. She was in Dorian Gray's portrait. She was also a victim of the Mormons, the Miracle, and the Clergyman. All right, we have Oscar Streibolt. He was the fat monk in the film. A few things of note from him. He was in the film His New Gray Trousers. She would be a scout and the abyss, not the abyss that we're familiar with. <laughs> All right, we have Astrid Holm plays the role of Anna, which is the wife of Jesper the printer. All right, she was in the Sisters Morelli, The People's Friend, The Phantom Carriage, and Thou Shalt Honor Thy Wife. And last but not least, I have Maren Pedersen plays the role of the witch and Maria the Weaver. And that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew as far as notable actors, things of that nature. Maybe one other person I could note is a gentleman named Ibe Schoenberg. He played one of the witch judges in... If you look at Wiki, it says that he was considered one of the leading actors of Danish films in the 20th century, and he's got like a list of films, but they're all Swedish films, Danish films. So, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're really up to date on your 20s, 30s, and 40s Scandinavian films, good luck. I guess warnings then? Yeah, warnings. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Torture. There is some some technically some imagery that was kind of like surprising for that time period, like some child stuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's some nudity. Yeah, there is some nudity. There's some like some corpse play, I guess if you want to call it that. Profane imagery, like heretical. Yeah. Desecration of the host. Precisely. That sort of thing. Precisely. Yeah, like you're saying, kind a lot of, of satanic sac- imagery. Like sacrilegious, I suppose, yeah. is a good way to say that. I think. Satan. I mean, we're Satan's talking about in it. 1922 as well. <laughs> so. Satan and his waggling tongue. We'll get into that. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. There's some innuendo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that way. In your endo. 
Yeah. Yeah, but it is also like 1922. So how much can you really push the envelope back then? You it's know? not even a talkie. No. So <laughs> I yeah. guess we'll we'll talk about it and get into it a little bit more. How about that? Does that make sense? I like I, it. I think we gave him as good a warning as we can, so let's find out how Huxon made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, man. Huxon. So, well, we can both say we've finally seen this. So that's one check. It's fine. Yeah. I, it's cool. I like, I don't, like, there's not a story, right? Like, right. so it's not like I was engrossed by the story. It's informative. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. It's it's neat as, like, this historical artifact to see that, like, at least somebody in this time period was kind of putting together, like, oh, it's all just kind of a means of control. Yeah. Which is interesting considering, you know, we're coming at a an end, if you will, of a block. And it's a, a topic and a theme we've talked about before with folk horror. And not only that, with, with witches and, I guess, more specifically, and I like how he postulates, and it makes more sense too. It's like, you know, the things that they held back then in medieval times and even in primitive times, you know, with like superstition, things of that nature lent its hand to a lot of the hysteria, if you will, and the witch trials and all that other stuff of that time. And you look at it now and it's like, well, more than likely it's people who are suffering from some form of mental illness or a derivative of or something of that nature, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's cool because we're looking at it from a lens of, you know, over 100 years ago at this point. So it gives me a better appreciation for like the thought that went into what he was doing and the research and things of that nature. So I appreciate it from that standpoint, you know, if nothing else. At the end of the day, I do feel like this was extremely influential on all the witch shit that we watch. You can argue that that other shit is getting it from real life because this was ostensibly pulling it from real life. Yeah. He was studying what was said in the Malleus Maleficarum, which was the German... I think you're right. Um, witch hunting manual. The witch's hammer is what that would roughly translate yeah, to in Latin. Malleus. But even if you could make the argument that other witch movies were pulling it from quote unquote real life, I still feel like this movie probably blazed the trail for what these acts look like on film. Like you can see these woodcuts of these different acts that witches are doing. And, you know, form a mental image of what that would look like in real life. But as far as I know, this is the first thing that actually was like, this might not have been real, but we're going to show you what it would look like if yeah. there was a witch in this town. I like that. It's, it's kind of neat from that standpoint. And... It is. So I will say there is a weird thing about this because it never outright says that witches and the devil aren't. It says that even if it is real, most likely this is what was going on most of the time. Right. He's not completely ruling out, you know, like what you were just saying. But if nothing else, look at it more from like this context. And it, it probably gives you a little bit better understanding of what actually was happening. Yeah. Just seeing some of the shit was interesting. Seeing some of the shit that they were talking about was interesting that you didn't actually get to see acted out but was just the woodcuts some of it i'm like okay you're saying this but did you put enough thought into it because 
I have a feeling that there was something a little bit more sexual going on to the woodcut of her milking the axe handle. <laughs> yeah. There's some interesting things like you could probably, within a, you know, a certain frame, I suppose, look into and, and get a little bit more out of. But I think just on a surface level, it does a, a fairly decent job of giving you an idea. Mm-hmm. I, some of this shit was fucking funny, though, because one of the things <laughs> it was like, here's a woodcut of a witch cursing a dude's foot. Yeah. But what it's a woodcut of is her shooting a fucking arrow into a dude's foot. And I'm like, so <laughs> that counts as a curse? Yes. To me, it looks like she's literally fucking this guy up. Yeah, that's more like salt and battery at this point. <laughs> more so than a curse, if you will. I actually did appreciate, though, like the little like pointer coming in from the side yeah, yeah, and yeah, pointing yeah. exactly what he was talking about sometimes. Because there was like some of them were kind of busy images. And when he was like, look, here's a demon casting a sinner into the fire. I was like, fucking where? All I see is this and this. Oh, right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah there. Okay, gotcha. No, I like that too because you're right. You can kind of get lost in a lot of the activity that's going on in the picture or in the, the artwork, yeah. Some of the artwork was actually pretty cool. Yeah. It reminded me of some of those games that we've been kind of delving into in the past, mm. you know, with the potion maker and things like that. Oh, Those illustrations. Right. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like the mechanical hell was cool. Yeah. There was some, actually some really cool things going on in that film that surprised me in terms of what they were capable of doing and how they portrayed it on film. I was mm. like, that's, that's actually really cool. The gal asking for the love potion fucking cracked me up. Oh my gosh, dude. Like the, dude, I, I, the first one I wrote down for that was like, you know, I was going to put cat turtles. I was like, it's cat shit and dove hearts. And then it progressed. I was like, oh, no, I've got, you know, uh, a male swallow and some other. When whatever. it started progressing, I thought, like, the modern joke version of this, like the scary movie version, is she goes back for the third time and it's like, this is Rohypnol. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. They're going to love this. I call this one a forget me now. Yeah. Forget me not. <laughs> but it's kind of going down that path, you know, because you're right. It's like, these are the links that people would go. Because of superstition and all these other kind of ideas at the time. Well, yeah. Another one that made me crack up in just how ludicrous it seems that people would have ever took it seriously was the figuring out if someone was touched by witchcraft by waving the lead over them. Yeah. And then tossing it in the water and reading the way that Dude, it solidified. I was thinking that it, to an extent, too, with... with like it, that is such. If, an is that abstract... what it takes? I'm gonna be a fucking millionaire back in the day. That's all it takes to fucking con somebody. And, and even for the skeptical, you know, they're like, "Well, well, how do you know?" It's like you see right here these ridges. That's like, oh yeah, no, that totally makes sense. <laughs> like you dummy. But yeah, you're right. Science. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Exposing everybody to lead at on top of it. <laughs> but then, like I said, I kind of I dug the fact that he was ultimately getting at like. No, we've kind of just been really shitty to women for centuries. No, I did like that too, like exposing. And it's kind of still going on today. Yeah. I do think that somebody watching this movie in the modern day needs to realize, like, not try to take lessons from this movie and be like, see, this movie is saying that medicine's just out to get you. Yeah. Like, no, put it into historical context because what he's talking about in this movie 
is something very different oh, than dude, what the medical scene is today. Not going to say that there still aren't shucksters getting one over on right, people. Right, of course. But... but it's not like this movie isn't saying, oh, no, medicine's always been fucked up for you. No, no as a whole, medicine's been a great thing. I agree with you there. In terms of how he's postulating it, it's like, don't be conned, you know, by like these kind of like tomfoolery, you know, it's like, it's easy to buy into certain things when you're susceptible to it, Mm -hmm. you know, like a snake oil salesman, you know, akin to that. Don't buy into the hype. Now I heard something interesting about the whole snake oil salesman thing. And I don't know exactly how true this is, but I did read once somewhere where part of the reason why that took off is because the original snake oil salesman were the Chinese immigrants in the United States. And the snake oil that they were selling were from some snakes found in China. And that particular species, the oil does have anti-inflammatory properties. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And so people are like, oh, this makes my joints feel better. I'm going to keep buying snake oil. And then people just heard snake oil. Some motherfucker went and wrung all this oil they could out of a fucking rattler. And that's not going to help you. Right. It's just a, a term that was coined as like a derivative, mm-hmm. probably because a during that time period, Chinese were probably an easy target group, if you will, you know, for derogatory stuff. And we can just attach that term because it originated from them. But yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But also supposedly originally the original snake oil worked. Like I get that, which it's is just, why it like it was bastardized. People actually being yeah. like trying that shit. That's right. Just muddied the water. And mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So, it's interesting because there's another term they use in this film that gives you more of a historical context and actually what it means. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Tying the knot or tie the oh, knot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense historically or contextually when you hear it and how it's used in this film. You're like, oh, well, that's not necessarily a good thing when you say to people tying the knot. You know, it's like, well, if, if they're talking about in this context, it's, it's like a curse. You're ending or terminating a, a but also i'm sitting there like or they're like being a g and making sure that you don't have a fucking kid when you can't afford it safe sex <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff i thought it was it was kind of interesting catching that kind of stuff but then as well noting like the the treatment of women during time period not just this time period but through, you know like good stretch of history mm-hmm. the movie doesn't go super deep into it, but it makes the distinction even that like, yes, women, but also yes. along class lines. Absolutely. So if you're poor, even more likely. Yes. You become even more of a target. You know, you're right. Because he even mentions that too. It was like, it wasn't just the old and poor women. It was also like the pretty and young as well. So, you know, they're like, yes, sometimes. Yes. These gals might be targeted in this way. 100%. It happened but not as often as down in this quadrant. Right. Precisely. It's like, no, just give you some, some more context in terms of like, it wasn't solely this. And, you know, he even gives the idea after one of, I think it was part five. He talks about how many were actually burned at the stake, 8 million women, yeah. children and men, you know, accused of being witches. So that puts it into some context as well. And you get all the little vignettes where, like, there I, there is story to them. We could go over each one right, if you wanted. I don't, I don't not know. Not necessarily. I mean, I like how, you know, he presented the stories and what was actually happening. And 
for me, one of the things that stood out, and I thought it was kind of interesting too, because you see it portrayed, I guess, in modern society. It can be on both sides of the aisle, if you want to put it in that those terms. Is one of the inquisitors? He gets touched by Anna, mm-hmm. right? Because in her, you know, you like to so you got to give us some background. In her defense, it's like her husband's sick. She thinks that this woman, because she's fucking slopping that food, I was like, this bitch is a witch, and I need some help right now. You guys are capable of helping me. I was like, this has nothing to do with sexuality right now. I was like, look, dude, I need your help. Mm-hmm. And in his mind, he's like, she's fucking seducing me. <laughs> you know, and so he portrays it as that. His mental state in terms of like, he's all horned up, has really nothing to do with her. It's just a catalyst for his excuse. Right. Well, and like, so... But that's the thing, like, he at least tries to bring it on himself. Right, he does. I'll give him credit there. Like, but he like, at least ah. is like, this is my problem. Like, she touched me, and I'm feeling the ravages of lust. I need to be put in my place. Yes, he does Please do spank me, daddy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's his superior that's like, no, you were touched by witchcraft. She needs to pay. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. It's like, there's a lot of gaslighting and... Like there's self-deprecation because of the fear of and the high state of superstition at that point. So and there, when there is he tries a lot to go of, to her defense. They're like, "Well, if you're going to defend a witch, then, then you, you're you're a witch." Like, and he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." No, nah, I'm just, I just no, want to. No, no, no. She touched me. She got me with the witchcraft. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> and that's kind of that was the whole point of yeah. most of the vignettes. Is I, showing I do like, like how people pressure each other torture each other absolutely they literally showed two of these guys doing a good cop bad cop dude i didn't write that but i was thinking that i was like man no wonder you know these poor people were in the circumstances they were in and were accused of what they were accused of because they it's like you left them no choice dude and christensen is that his name yeah, yeah. he keeps continually pointing out like he he shows these vignettes and shows examples like This is how somebody can be coerced to say this. This is how somebody can be coerced to say this. This is how somebody can be fucking tricked. Oh, of course. Into supposedly confessing this. I was going to say, there are some tactics that are still used in this day. Maybe not to this extent. Some cases, yes. But to where you can coerce somebody into a confession, a false confession at that. And then as you get towards the end of this, he goes, and when all else failed, we have all these. And he breaks out the fucking devices. Now, for me, anecdotally, something that I had the opportunity to do, which is kind of cool. If you're in a city, I don't know, they might still exist. If you're in a town, city, whatever, that has one close by, check them out because they're kind of fun. But uh, medieval times, mm. right? And the one that I went to in, in Jersey had a museum, I'm putting air quotes here, museum for torture devices. Mm-hmm. So you got to see some of those things. And it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, you see the popular ones and all that shit. But it's also kind of cool to see the more, you know, like smaller practical devices, like the thumb crushers and shit mm-hmm. like that. The thumb screws. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you know, there's a lot of ways to extract, if you will, a confession out of somebody. And like this is done mostly documentary style. And so as he points out in the doc, like at one point, his actress is like, try it on me. Yeah. And you know, of course, like they weren't clamping down. But yeah, I don't think they used the actual footage of them clamping no. down. But at least like I from what I understand too. is like that's real. Like yeah. that's a real part of the documentary. She's like, no, nah, like, try this on me. Well, kind of in that same frame, if you will, not with her, but 
with the older actress who plays the old witch. Oh, yeah, when she's like, I've, I've seen, seen the, the devil. devil. Yeah, and he talked about, and you can read this because it's on Wiki, and I thought it was kind of interesting because he even postulates it this way. He's like, you know, with my camera, right, being on her and probably for, you know, extended period of time, you feel vulnerable. You feel almost captive, you know, and so probably in her mind, it's kind of reverting back to that kind of state of, like the superstition, this fear of being watched and possessed and all this other stuff being manipulated, you know, she's probably drawn that. And he's like, well, let me keep the camera on her just to kind of show like how, how people can be led into this kind of, you know, belief, if you will. Well, and because of the way he's postulating how mo- this happened most of the time, and it's literally to keep women out of power and to keep control, to keep the church in control and all sorts of oh, different reasons. Doubt, man. This is Maybe arguably one of the first, like, humans are the real monster stories. At least the first one that really matters. I think so. You know what I mean? At least from a historical context on film. Because I know film's technically been around for a while, even before this. Right, right, right. 22, we think of as being super early. But he's using tricks and, like, him casting himself in this role is the devil and stuff is actually kind of a nod to something that happened 20 years earlier. That's that's wild if you think about it in that, that frame, if you, you know. <laughs> yeah, this was... So we're still talking wow. about early film, but, but like, not... technically there's even earlier than this. So yeah. I'm not a giant student of that. Maybe this is rehashing more than I think it is, but so... I would still say arguably this is the first one that matters for a lot of people. I agree with that, man. This is the one that's in the Criterion Collection for a reason. That speaks volumes on its own because they don't put just any old film in that fucking catalog, you know. This one is important for a lot of the reasons you've already stated. And I think, yeah, more importantly, to some degree, is the portrayal, like you were saying, of how women were treated, you know, throughout these time periods. And, you know how susceptible society was to, to kind of give into the pressures as well. Like you said, who's the real monster here? It's like, well, it's could be you or could be your next door neighbor. But it's really interesting how it's like, so humans are the real monster. He casts himself as the devil, but then he accidentally <laughs> triggers the moment in the one actress because he's the one behind the film. Yeah. And he ends up using a real torture device on one of his actresses. She asked, but yeah. So it kind of is this giant meta thing. It, of like, it really is. This is just to show like how it still can be perpetuated, even like even accidentally. I was gonna say unintentionally, really. And sometimes it's just pure curiosity, like on that actress's part. It's just a curiosity thing. It had nothing to do with power and domination. It's just like, hey, let me check it out just to see. But still, that's just like, enough because of you're right. Because of look who's behind the camera, actually, and. Like and in the vulnerable position. And in that way, this is going to be a really fucking crazy pull. It reminded me of that sequence in House That Jack Built, where Lars von Trier included his own films mm. amongst yeah. that yeah. one fucking montage sequence and talking about the nature of violent film and how it affects people and stuff. That's a solid and point, you know. Where he's like, <laughs> it's also kind of me. I can't step away from this. I'm not saying this is only something others do. Like, yeah, no, it's a solid point because if you're going to look at it, you know, unbiasedly and, and more objectively, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you have to add yourself to the formula. 
You do? Like, yeah, I'm one of the humans, too. I'm talking about humanity. And... Right, as a whole. Like, I'm not excluded <laughs> just because I'm telling the story. It's like, no, I'm part of the whole equation. We all are. Mm-hmm. I fucking dig when documentaries have that little bit where, like, the documentarian realizes, like, ooh. Yeah, it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's it was good. a mockumentary, but right. fucking American Vandal did that. Oh. When you get to the last episode and they're like, oh, fuck. We kind of helped ruin these people's lives. Yeah. That's a good point. Because uh, it's interesting, man. It's like... You know, once you start to spotlight something, you know, like your the metaphor, I guess, is it enlarges and the tell becomes even larger and grander, and the people involved become even more so. It's like so, whether it's intentional, unintentional, sometimes it exposes those truths that can be more damning than you intended. Beyond just the control women aspect, too, I also like that he touched on the fact that a lot of supposed signs of witchcraft and such was just probably mental or neurological yeah. disorders precisely like keep it a little bit more practical or physical deformities yeah it's like that's not far-fetched at all <laughs> that that is think well about it's that. like when you hear the old timers whine like well we never had fucking autism in my day or whatever and it's like yeah yeah you did you just fuckers called it other shit and, right or weren't willing to acknowledge it but you always had like Oh, you know, Timmy, he's a little touched, and he of doesn't course. interact too well, but he gets on great with the animals, and so we just yeah, let exactly. him. Yeah, exactly. like, yeah, don't put your fingers too close to his mouth, he'll bite, but other than that, you know, I kind of like that. I'm mm-hmm. exaggerating, but point being, you're right. It's It was seen probably more so as like a blight on people and their character and, you know, that kind of shit. So you kept it quiet, and you didn't really talk about it, so it was kind of pushed to the side. You know, mm-hmm. people were aware of it, but you don't talk about it or if you go like you said you go far enough back in history and they're just going to be accused of fucking witchcraft for it right i mean like say you hit the nail on the head it's like yeah you go far back enough and that's that's what it would equate to at some point mm-hmm. you know by somebody some group of people yeah that would see it as a blight whether or not they truly believed or not either. right 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 that's beside the point he's like you don't want to be caught up in that mix regardless it's like mm-hmm. you're just a product or a byproduct of the circumstance that you're in, the the environment you're in. Like, uh, yeah, it's either, it is kind of like that, you know, us versus them mentality. It's like, it's either us or it's them. The whole like control aspect though. And the fact like the humans are the real monsters yeah. aspect in this. I, I think the most telling quote, I actually had to write it down cause it really jumped out at me was, uh, the witch madness, like a spiritual plague ravages wherever these judges go. That's a solid point because it's like, yeah, who's who are the ones perpetuating this to begin with? Like, yeah, well, huh. is it a coincidence? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just so happen to be close by when this shit kicks off. The fucking cat witch part fucking made me yeah break, dude. That shit was so fucking funny. I, I tell you something that surprised me, man, is when they started getting into the parts with like using the babies and stuff. You know, like, oh shit! I was like, "Whoa!" I didn't think he was it's gonna like go the there. Boiling baby scene. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa!" That was pretty cool. Like, I wasn't expecting that at all. And even like, I mean, Dude, it, I didn't know that fucking witches had to rim the devil. I, that was another thing. I was like, <laughs> the devil's just like, you know, assuming the position's like, all right, pucker up, babe. <laughs> Roll up the rim to win. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's getting a little rim shot here, aren't they? 
no drum rolls, please. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of funny. I, I did like the use, even though, you know, it's like 1922, but still the, the idea to use like stop motion and reverse camera, you know, shooting and just the cuts, the edits, kind of funny. And seeing the expression on the woman, and she's like, uh, but then you see, see your feet and there's nothing. She's mm-hmm. just, but even the superimposition of using the flying witches, the flying witches. that kind of stuff is like, you know, think about it. The not you, flying but, witches. Right, right. It's like, not you, but you know, just take it for that time period. Like, can you imagine being in 1922, going to the, the cinema and seeing that? I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> am I watching? <laughs> That'd be a little trippy. Devil. Yeah, just all of that. I that was would... wagon. Dude, the devil is so fucking funny. All of that shit. Just that wagon his tongue <laughs> the entire time. I love when it. He was uh, approaching that one lady to get her out of the bed with her hubby. Yeah, dude. That shit was so fucking funny because she's like in the bed being like kind of respectful of like her hubby's face and being pretty quiet overall. Like she's making some big motions, but yeah, it's more like she's playing to the back of the crowd. You know what I mean? It's precisely. And then he just comes in fucking banging on the window. Just blah, come on, baby. Blah. You know what's up <laughs> that one. And there was a, I can't remember the, the precise like context of it, but see him like, Oh my God. When he's fucking churning butter. I was like, holy shit, they got away with that one. Holy, dude, yeah. And it wasn't just like, he was like speed jerking. <laughs> I mean, like that kind of noise. And yeah, I was like, man, that is. You kind of look like he dude, was having a blast playing the devil, right? I, man, you, I can imagine. All the demons, because there's like, a few other demons too. I could imagine they had a great time on set because of, you know, what they were able to do. And at the time, it was the highest budgeted film in Swedish silent film history. Damn. Two million krona. That's probably no small feat even by today's standard, but you can tell like they put a little thought in at least not just the story and, and all that stuff, but production and set and you know, they, I, it's hard for me to, to knock it in terms of um, mm-hmm. technicalities and things like that. It's like, man, that's it's pretty remarkable actually. I mean, I think it absolutely 100% sets out what it means to do. Yeah. Like, does yeah. what it sets out to do. And you're right. It, it's like, it's hard to critique it too much because it's, like you were saying, it's more of a, kind of like a dissertation on the historical context of, you know, this this kind of Right. It, it's story. an essay in the sense, like, it's not, it's not a full-on doc where it's no. like, this is what it is. Right, 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 right. But it, it's more of an essay where somebody's going, this is what I think this could be based on a lot of these factors. Right. but. Maybe we should look into it more. Yeah. Not necessarily op-ed piece, but yeah, it, it's akin, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that because, yeah, it it brings up really interesting. These are my thoughts on the subject. This all seems to make a lot of sense because yeah. I've looked into this a lot. Well, I too, you know, given that it's, you know, he's, he is Danish, you know, and the fact that if you, if you think about Scandinavia, right, and we've talked about this with music and film and things like that. How there's this pushback with the old gods and paganism and stuff like that with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Not that he's doing that per se, but he's kind of like it's like you see that some of these ideas that are spring forth from you know certain aspects of society, and you can kind of see how silly it is. Well, I'm curious how ballsy it was of him to be questioning some of the medical practices of the time. Oh too. yeah, that as well because he's straight up pointing out that like what some of these doctors are doing is not cool. And it's shit yeah. that these doctors would continue doing 
We're like another 40 years wow. past this. Easy past that, yeah. You I'm know what I mean? God damn, close to when we were born. But I have, like, 22, like, they're still even doing, like, trepanation and stuff at this point, right? Like, yeah, electroshock, yeah. Drilling once holes again, in people's heads and shit. shit. is going to be against their will. Yeah, That's I, the I, point he's making. Like, yeah, who, who the hell is in their quote-unquote right state of mind would, would agree to that? It's like, yeah, go ahead and, you know, drill a hole in my head and relieve the tension. But this is like, they're acting weird, so your family is going to have you committed. Right. And while you're committed, the doctor is going to decide to yeah. completely take away your fucking... Now, now you're uh, property of the state. Yeah. And we can do what we want to experiment. It's for science. Mm-hmm. You know, quote unquote, of course. So, that's pretty... I was thinking this film is progressive in that sense. It was, a, was it... Shit, who was it? Was it JFK's sister? Possibly, I mean, I, so, some somebody, somebody like a president or somebody had a fucking relative that was like hit away, right? I think so. I'm not I, remembering this wrong. One of the Kennedys are, are the ones who started the whole Special Olympics, so yeah, that is it's not far removed from probably what you're talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm not even gonna look it up right now. It's just gonna make me sad if I do. I know, right? <laughs> but I mean, that's just that's just the way it went. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was seen once again as like. You know, uh, a mark against the family, you know, a blight, you know, the, I can't think of a better word at this time, but it's, it was kind of seen as that. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we don't want to talk about it. It's the family member that we're aware, everybody knows, but it's just, we don't talk about it. And you're right, that's sad. That's a sad existence. Yeah, but like, I don't know historically, like, how much of a badass he was for, like, pointing yeah. out this shit in the moment. Like, if was he pissing well, people off? Was it something people were already talking about? Like, I, know. So I, I don't know much about this historically. I'm just kind of reading this mm-hmm. little spot here. But this is kind of interesting, too, because I've already brought up one of the films that he actually acted in. That's Benjamin Christensen. It says he played Claude Zaret, the male love of the film's title character, Michael, in a landmark gay film from 1924. Mm-hmm. So perhaps he was probably pushing a little bit of the envelope for those times. At this time period, specifically, 1920s, coming out of World War One, going well, I mean, close there's to... There's a boiling baby scene. He's obviously I, pushing. That's what I'm getting at, man. It's like, he was... I mean, even like you were saying, like, the innuendo and just kind of like, hey, let's step back for a second and take a look at it more from the outside as opposed to being in it trying to figure it out while you're in the muck. Like, maybe you can see it for what it's worth, like, for what it's really worth, historically mm-hmm. and contextually. So what are we doing here? I did see like one of the famous interpretations is of what he's saying in parts of this movie is like related to like Freudian sexual mm. repression and stuff. Mm. And I guess I get it to, with like yeah, the agree. innuendo that is in this movie combined with the fact that like towards the end, he is getting at like, look, if you're going to live fucking repressed, then it's going to find some way to come out in other ways. I'm not sure if I would go so far as to like what that response was saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. In that, no, like, I, the movie's like flat out saying that like sexual repression will lead to some of this no, shit. I, 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 I don't think, think he's going that far. It's no. not that I don't necessarily believe that isn't the case, but no, I, I agree with it in in those two parts. It's like yes, it's there, but how much is he really critiquing it? That's kind of like that's debatable. But I don't think that's his primary focus in this. I feel like even though they're there, the sexual elements of this are just a little bit too far off for that to be the case. But, yeah, no, but I... I but I, there is some weird innuendo in this, Well, man. of course there is, and it, and he does show that. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's... To me, I look at it this way, and it's... 
it's kind of a, I don't know, man. It's kind of melancholic, maybe bittersweet with the way to look at it. It's like when you have stuff like this repression and, you know, these guilts and you know, you're right. It, it's going to express itself in a different manner than you intended. It's just, it's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Like people are going to push against it, whether you like it or not, man. And everybody's going to, you know, kowtow to your beliefs and all this other shit. So with that being said, whether it's art, whether it's, you know, in this case, it could be sexuality, it could be all this different forms of expression. It's going to, it's going to sprout forth these different ways of expressing it. And that's, I think that's a little bit of that critique. Like we were saying, it's like, you can only repress it so far before it manifests in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, in maybe some sense it's somebody gets touched. And now they got to fucking flagellate themselves because they feel like they're being lustful. <laughs> yeah. That kind of shit. It's like, well, it's not that serious, bro. <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's a links people will go to kind of suppress things mm-hmm. if you allow it. I guess I'm I'm mostly just glad I finally got to watch it. But, likewise, um, likewise. It, it says a lot for itself. It does. I, I think I can see why, like I said, it's it's in the catalog of, you know, the Criterion Collection. And anytime I see that Janus films, like, oh, yeah, I know it's, it's either going to be a banger or it's, you know, contextually, historically, it's significant. I get it with this film. It's like, yeah, I'm glad we finally it's got to watch it. It's kind of both. Yeah, it is. It just doesn't have enough story to be like cool. No. And wasn't this cool? And, and, and wasn't that cool? Nah, like, and once again, it's not one of those films like, oh, dude, you gotta like, gotta watch it, bro. It's like, no, if if you want to, kind of like us, if you want to knock it off the bucket list and kind of see what it's really trying to say, you know, then yeah, it's kind of cool to see it. If historically. you like full core enough that you really want to get into yeah. the history of some of the early shit, I like, like that. Like I said, whether films realize it or not, this pioneered what this looks oh. like on film. Let me ask you this. When you're going to rub fucking witch ointment on somebody, it's going to look like oh. this. I love that. I like the, all that stuff. When you're going to boil a baby, it's going to look like Yeah, this. like the way the, he was portraying it. That was going to wag its tongue at you. He's going to look like this. You're going to to kiss the devil's ass at some point. Just pucker up, babe. I was going to ask you this. Did you... I mean, it's pretty obvious. But did you catch the statue... Oh, Pazuzu? Yeah, I was like, dude, how awesome was that? It makes me wonder, too, like, I wonder if, like, Friedkin and, and those guys had seen that prior. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, like, how much that influenced them, like, ooh, there's something here. Or maybe it's just, you know, a matter of fact. It just happened to be mm-hmm. in this film, and they just so happened to be, you know, studying maybe the Middle East, Arabian kind of stuff. Superstitions. Pazuzu. Yeah, that was really cool. So I was like, okay, that's neat. That's cool seeing that. Yeah, no, that that was like, I recognize that. Yeah, hey. I mean, we hey. can't help it after Dominion and the beginning and all that stuff. And all right, it's a, there's that. Um, yeah, good, great historical artifact. Definitely worth worth watching. At but least you got to kind of know what you're getting into. Yeah, I saw, and if it doesn't sound like it's going to be up your alley, it's not going to be. Up you know, your I, alley. I would say this. Not now. <laughs> Maybe somewhere down the road, if the Roxy or like. If you live in a town that has a local theater, you know, it would be kind of neat seeing it there. Yeah. Just to kind of see how other people react to it, mm-hmm. if nothing else. That's it for this week. I think so. And it's, I think it's a good way to kind of, you know, end cap this uh, current run that we were on, you know. There's a part of me that wishes we would have watched this before we watched any other yeah, witch shit. Somewhat. But... I, I know what you're saying, but it's still kind of neat, like I said, to come back and have it contextually because of all the films that we have done. And I think for me, at least it 
it helps looking at it from that lens. Like, because I've seen all these films, I can better appreciate what he's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you, I don't always learn this way, but, you know, it's like sometimes you get a manual and you read and sometimes it's way too much and you don't really know what they're trying to say until it's put into practice. And then, like, I've right. seen it in practice now. We don't know next time yet, do we? Not yet. Well, uh, I mean, we know next we time, but next time is Patreon. Yes, but in terms of, like, the next block, yeah, it's still a mystery. Uh, so we're going to go figure that out. Uh, remember patreon.com slash fried squirms because we're going to be oh, hitting dude. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. So much fun. And what just a fun film in general, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And for this time, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ads. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace. <laughs>